Picture a basement. A basement in 1969. A basement where a group of six young and youngish men are discussing comics together. Some of the group are in communication with other comics fans, trading, selling and talking with them via the mail, making a business for themselves through their hobby. Others are simply looking for somewhere and someone to hang out with. People like them. But they have come together to achieve a common goal, driven by their passion for comic books. And despite barely knowing each other, it is a goal that they will achieve in a way none of them can comprehend yet. This meeting is the first step towards the world of comic books changing forever. It's 1969, and in a basement in San Diego, Comic-Con is about to be born. Welcome to Cos Story, stories of cosplay and pop culture. Episode 3, San Diego Comic-Con. Sheldon Sheldor was a 36-year-old comic fan living with his parents in San Diego. He was unemployed and had dedicated his life to comics, collecting massive amounts of books, strips and memorabilia. For the most part, he seemed to be the quintessential stereotype nerd. He desperately wanted to find a place to work in the comics industry, but with no skill at art or writing, he struggled to find one. However, after several years of attending conventions and fandom meets, Shell found a role in organising them, with his first major organisational role being on the committee for the Detroit Triple Fanfare in 1965. Through this, Shell began to build up contacts within the comics industry and fandom, giving him the in he'd always wanted. In 1969, Shell's parents sold up their Detroit candy factory and retired to San Diego, and he decided to go with them, bringing his passion along for the ride. Almost immediately, Shell decided to set up a convention in San Diego, doing a dry-run, single-day event with Boris Ackerman, who listeners might remember from the previous episode on Morojo, as the main draw. From this, his idea of a major convention and celebration of the comics medium in San Diego began to grow. As part of this one-day event, he had gathered together local fans with the same drive as himself to help organise and run it, forming the Golden State Comic Con Committee. This name would later change to San Diego Comic-Con. The group was made up of Richard Alf, who sold comics through the mail, Mike Towery and Bob Surratt, also mail-order comics business runners, and Barry Alfonso and Dan Stewart, customers of Richard's. All five of them were in their teens, with Barry being only 12. The 70s really was a very different time. In fact, the whole landscape of nerd culture in the late 60s and early 70s was a very different place to what we know today. Being a comics fan was looked down on by other fandoms, with science fiction riding high at the top of nerd culture. But even sci-fi fans of the time were yet to know the heady heights of Star Wars' popularity or the massive multi-film franchise of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Comic books were seen as something for children, not taken seriously by the science fiction and literary conventions of the day. So comics fans, no matter their age, found each other to celebrate the art form at their own events and meets. But this was all about to change. The group gathered in Shell's house knew what they wanted to achieve, and Shell himself, who had no qualms about using the connections he'd gained over the years, was going to get them there. He knew the legendary comics creator Jack Kirby, and Kirby was willing to talk to the newly formed Comic Con committee. In an interview with NPC in 2019, Mike Tarry said, I think we thought comics creators lived on some kind of comic Mount Olympus. Tarry was only 14 when he joined the committee. That they couldn't be normal mortals like us. Then, to find out that we could actually meet them, and talk to them one-on-one, and to have a convention where we get to hang out with them, was just mind-blowing. 
Upon visiting Kirby in late 1969 in search of advice, the committee got one straight answer. Do all of it. Kirby could see the way that fandom was going and that bringing all the strings together would not only ensure a bigger audience, but also a more interesting, varied and diverse one. He told them, Comics fans have also been interested in the movie media. They've been interested in pulp media. All of that has some value to them. He was ahead of his time in understanding the way that fandom was going to evolve. But even Kirby couldn't know how right he was in telling them to open up the field. After a few meetings with Kirby, at one of which he drew the committee into a Superman comic as minions of the villain Darkseid, he agreed to attend their first convention. The first convention went ahead in the old, run-down US Grant Hotel that spoke of past grandeur but had now fallen on hard times. It had also been the location for Shell's one-day event and was the only place willing to host the cons, desperate for money to keep the venue afloat. It was a shock to the venue and the organisers when 300 people turned up in August of 1970 to the first three-day Golden State Comic Con. It might not sound like much by today's standard, but that was a good pull for a first-time event in 1970. It helped that the group had, through various means, managed to get Ray Bradbury, as well as Jack Kirby, to attend as guests and fans flocked to meet their heroes. The show was a success. Even as just a load of tables with boxes of comics on them and two headline guests, the event made its mark on the fandom scene. Jack Kirby's recommendation to reach outside of the comics and to integrate other fandoms from the get-go paid off, and it was one of the major factors in the convention's growth over the next few decades. As well as changing the name of the convention, the event moved venues several times before eventually moving to its permanent home at the San Diego Convention Center in 1991, becoming the Comic-Con we know and love today. In the last 50 years, San Diego Comic-Con has become a name known world over, featuring in films, TV, magazines, and newspapers. It is the pinnacle of Western nerd culture, bringing in hundreds of thousands of visitors every year, and is only rivaled by LucaCon in Italy and Comica in Japan in fan mythos. Though they had no way of knowing it at the time, this group of outsiders and misfits looking to find their people gave pop culture one of its greatest assets, the San Diego Comic-Con. You've been listening to Cos Story, brought to you by The Cosplay Journal. Scripted, read and produced by Holly Swinyard. Information for this episode came from NPC, Rolling Stone magazine and Publishers Weekly. You can support and get early access to this podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash The Cosplay Journal. Find more information, articles and cosplay on thecosplayjournal.com and you can also follow us on Instagram at The Cosplay Journal. Goodbye and thank you for listening.